As I got another rhyme, another rhythm for y'all to listen I'm never quitting on my mission, I'ma roll with what I'm giving Got some ambition, this new addition, filling positions Looking at the void in myself and feeling what's missing Better watch the way you're going, better go in the right direction In the moment you're stressing, but you're gonna be counting blessings And I know that for certain, keep on working, open curtains Haters swerving, cause they ain't ready for your final version Whoa. I'm never gonna give up, give up Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, yeah Cause this is my run Let's camera action, I'm ready to go I'm never gonna give up, give up Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, yeah Yeah, this is my run Let's camera action, I'm ready to go now you gon' face the dawn you waiting for I said from night to dawn I write my wrongs alone In competition with warnings Ice galore Now I'm running toward that My life's unfinished Being a quitter But little, little by little They joking, telling some riddles Now I'm in my section Ain't willing to give up Know you getting knocked down But you gotta get up I'm never gonna give up, give up Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, yeah. Cause this is my run Let's camera action I'm ready to go Give up, give up, fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, yeah Yeah, this is my run, let's camera action Get up, get up, yeah Yeah, this is my run, let's camera action I'm ready to go Way too long, we face them storms Now you gon' face the dawn, you waiting for I said from night to dawn, I write my wrongs alone In competition with warnings, ice galore Now I'm running toward that, my life's unfinished Being a quitter, but little, little by little They joking, telling some riddles Now I'm in my section, ain't willing to give up Know you getting knocked down, but you gotta get up I'm never gonna give up, give up Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, yeah Get up, get up, yeah Yeah, this is my run Let's camera action, I'm ready to go now you gon' face the dawn you waiting for I said from night to dawn I write my wrongs alone In competition with warnings Ice galore Now I'm running toward that My life's unfinished Being a quitter But little, little by little They joking, telling some riddles Now I'm in my section Ain't willing to give up Know you getting knocked down But you gotta get up I'm never gonna give up, give up Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, yeah Cause this is my run Let's camera action, I'm ready to go Give up, give up, fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, yeah Yeah, this is my run, let's camera action, I'm ready to go You're listening to the Tom Ficklin Show on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's a pleasure to kind of be around you and with you and in your midst and in your your your, your psychology and in your consciousness and uh, just to kind of be to, to commune with you. We're going to commune this morning with Lisa Inkanoki and Lisa is a live your dreams life coach. She's president, chief cook and bottle washer, CEO <laughs> Uh, manager, producer, uh, entrepreneur, director, and, and I, I'm halfway joking, but halfway serious that all those words kind of, uh, I think, apply when you run your business, when you maintain your business, when you sustain your business. So, 
Live Your Dreams Life Coaching is something that's really near and dear to her heart. I was mentioning to Lisa, um, in my mind, I should say that she's, the, the station here at WNHH is located on the corner of Elm and Orange, but you've been, Lisa, down at the Channel 8 station at least four or five or six or seven or eight or nine times being interviewed there. And, yes. And uh, so uh, I guess in terms of your, your media exposure, not only here in the East Coast, but on the West Coast, and, and you mentioned you're, 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 you have roots from uh, in, in, in the motherland. So Lisa Inconoki is here. Uh, live your, your, your dreams, life coaching. Uh, that's her, the that the brand her, but it's really her, her, her purpose and her product and her passion as well. So that, that, that's what really gives me, gives me excitement to have you here. And, and you brought some guests and we'll introduce them after we can kind of get, get started. But Lisa, good morning. Good morning. So tell us about uh, li- Live Your Dreams Life Coaching, because we're going to throw it into the context of some of your upcoming projects, including working in Hollywood and, and uh, Ray Charles Project and books and economic empowerment. But briefly as an overview, uh, because you, you've been involved with this just helping people succeed and aspire from Hollywood to the homeless for, I don't want to get too personal, but for several decades before yes. coaching was a phenomenon. <laughs> yes, that's it. Before, before, that's it. before everybody else jumped on your bandwagon. That's it. That's it. And, but you've been leading the bandwagon and, and you've encouraged people. So live your dreams, life coaching. Yeah. I happen to be, I think very different in the sense of, I love to see people live their dreams, live out their dreams, whatever it is. And I think so often you find people that'll ask you, what are you doing? What's your passion? And either you don't know what your passion is, or if you say, well, I want to go to the moon, people usually will say, well, mm. why do you want to do that? Mm. And I was always the type of person that'd be, that's interesting. Why, how can I help you mm-hmm. do that? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, you know, I found the perfect niche that would, that, that really represents what I like for myself in terms of always going for your passion, going for your dreams, um, never letting anyone tell you what you can't do and not limiting yourself, not limiting what your options are. Um, I think when I was a little girl, I knew I dreamed of having a purple rug and I was 11 and my Mm. mother got me a purple rug. So people think the purple is new for me. I've always loved Mm. purple. Mm -hmm. But again, it's about trying to go for what you want to do. I remember I was uh, 15 years old, my first trip to uh, Hollywood Mm. with Cheryl Pilon and she was in the Hal Jackson's Talented Teen Pageant. I remember meeting Hal Jackson, who I adored, and he, you know, I said, I have my own TV show back in Connecticut. He said, you're 15. Yes. And at that time, you know, that was- You're only the, 16 now, but that's yeah. what we know. But still. <laughs> so anyway, um, he said, if you have a TV show, I'm going to come back mm. to Connecticut to do it. Because mm-hmm. at that time, it kind of seemed far-fetched. Sure. You know, but we were able to interact with the Jackson 5. I was able to go on Soul Train and all these things that I had dreamed of, I was able to do. And of course, Cheryl- Pilon, who's still a very dear friend, went on to win Miss International Talented Teens. So from there, it was always setting high sights hmm. and kind of working your yes. journey to get there. Yes, but you, but I mean, you could just I mean, and you are a successful person, but you've also given back. You could have just followed the route, the road, the road of just self gratification and 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 personal empowerment, but you've turned that. Yeah, I, into like a gift for others. I don't feel, I mean, I personally don't feel like you've truly succeeded unless you share that information. I'm always very mindful of our ancestors and things that they weren't able to do. And so I always pinch myself and just thank God for my blessings. I think as a child, my grandmother and I would always talk about the parable of the talents. Mm. You use your talents or you lose them in mm. my, in my words. Mm. And mm. so I feel by using your talents, if that's something that God gave me as a gift, if I don't share that talent, mm, if I don't mm. cultivate that talent and pass it on or get excited for other people's yes. successes, I feel like you really have, have missed uh, 
part of the journey, part of what makes what makes boy, life and makes boy, you happy. Boy, I, I love that. And again, we already you already committed before before we went on air, but you're going to commit now on air to coming back either this summer or this fall. Is that yes. correct? Yes, I All will right. come back. And gentlemen, I'm going to get to you. <laughs> let's let's jump right into some of the projects because. There's so much that you've shared, and the 44, 44, 45 minutes go so quickly, but you're working on a, a project with Patek. Patek Philippe. Patek Philippe. Patek Philippe. And the Ray Charles project. Ray, well, Ray Charles has been, Ray Charles Jr. Ray has Charles been Jr. a very good friend for, uh, God, over 25, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but he and I have been working on quite a few projects, and my latest kind of idea was, actually came out of an idea from a friend John Reardon Jr., who actually is the authority on watches in the world. Mm. He actually mm. started out as a volunteer at the Watch Museum mm-hmm. in Bristol, Connecticut, mm. and he works at Sotheby's. And John Reardon asked me one day about a year ago, Lisa, you know, I'm doing this article and we're doing this exhibit on Patek Philippe. Do you happen to know, I think you know someone with the Ray Charles family. He has this classic watch that was designed in Braille, a, a custom watch. Yes. By Patek Philippe. Oh my, so I said, my. oh, yeah, I know Ray Charles uh-huh. Jr. So, of course, I got him on the phone, and Ray doesn't have access to the watch directly, but he knew of the watch that his mm-hmm. father had. And having a Braille watch that was customized in oh, the 60s, yes. and the person that actually made, created the watch is also still alive. Mm. One of the uh, former CEOs, I think he's in his 90s. So John Reardon wanted to put them together. So, of course, I said, all right. So what I did was... Though Ray didn't have the watch for them to use for the exhibit, I said, well, why don't you interview him and ask? Because Ray's, Ray Jr. is so intense on details and, and remembering mm, things, mm, you know, mm. of life with his dad. Mm-hmm. And he remembered the watch. He remembered how his dad would put the watch to his ear and listen to the Braille and, you know, would make See? certain noises. Mm-hmm. So they did an article. It was featured in Patek Philippe. We went to the exhibition this summer in New York, which was fabulous. Mm. Mm. And then I saw, said to some of the folks that work with the brand, I said, why not do something else, social media or otherwise? So they came up with what they usually don't do. We all know that yeah. Patek Philippe is about the legacy, passing down the watch mm-hmm. for the next generation. Mm-hmm. But they usually don't use celebrities. As, inexpensive it's as it very is. Very expensive. <laughs> but anyway, so we came up with, uh, you know, the idea to maybe have Ray be in a, a, a video piece. Mm-hmm. That's going to depict some of the, the oh, things my. that happened. And he can reflect on that watch, mm-hmm. his dad, and some other things, and kind of bring it into this generation, still keeping in line with the that's legacy. Key. That's key. That's, so that's we key. filmed it in December, and we're actually working on trying Boy, to get it. Boy, again, you're lis- listening to the Tom Ficklin Show, and Lisa and Kenoki is with me. We're going to come to, to one of your the, the guests in, in a second. Uh, but just to kind of uh, expand a little bit on the Ray Charles Jr., the White House, you were involved with something... Yes. Well, uh, I mean, I've never been there. Yes. You guys ever been there? I mean, you know, I've been to the black house, I've been to the brown house, and I've been to the white house. You know, it's supposed to be the people's house. We know we have a little issue now going on, but we're going to reclaim it very soon. But but you were there when it was a good good time to be there. Yes. Um, well, I think it's always a good time. It's just who who actually in, in, in inhabits the house. Yes. But it's always it's yes. always our house. But in all seriousness, um, first I want to go back and say that that Ray uh, wanted me to do publicity for him. He's mm. always wanted me to work mm-hmm. with Ray him. Charles Jr. Ray yes. Charles Jr. But one of the things I came up with was the book. Most people don't know that Ray Jr. was the producer mm. and the creator, visionary for the movie Ray mm. about his father. Mm. He said he wanted to immortalize. Mm. I did his dad. know that. 
He was. And so I said to him, well, why don't we do after his father's death? He was very distraught about his dad's death and still didn't reconcile some things. And, you know, I'm being a father's advocate. Indeed. So I said, you know, why don't you write a book? And of course, he kind of sneered at me like, what could be bigger than the movie Ray? Uh, You know, what would I know? (laughs) And I said, well, you know, I think you need to still work through some issues. And I think the best way, because everybody wants a piece of your dad. And I think he Mm. needed a piece to reclaim a piece that was just his. Mm -hmm. And I said, so write about the times with your dad, just with you and your dad, Mm -hmm. your family and your dad, where nobody else can challenge that. So he wrote the book, You Don't Know Me, Reflections of My Father, Ray Charles, which went on to win the literary award for the NAACP, I must say. That's, yes, yes, yes. Um, so I was pretty excited. But again, in the beginning, he kind of looked like, you know, what could be bigger? And he actually goes on now to lecture and speak about this all over Damn. the world. And he's very proud of it. And it helped to create some resolve and help him through a very difficult time. And, and I'm very proud that I was able to be a, a key piece of kind of nudging him to do that. So everything we, every time we have some ideas, he kind of listens to me and I listen to him because he's mm-hmm. definitely brilliant, but we together have been able to do some, you know, make some inroads yes. and some creative past that nobody was thinking yes. of. Um, but again, going to the white house, I happened to be involved through someone else to ask me about uh, this salute to It wasn't Ray Charles at first. It was just a musical salute, the last one hosted by the Obamas at the White House. And when they said it was going to be Ray Charles, I remember that Ray always had an issue that his mom, who the movie Ray was really based upon and who Mm. she gave, Della gave the story Mm. um, to Taylor Hackford, to Ray. But Della was never invited to the Academy Awards. And Ray was always salty about that. Mm. So I remembered that. So I said, wow, when this committee was decided to do Ray Charles and the the music of Ray Charles, I said, what about inviting the son and the wife? Yes. She's still alive. And I said, yes. So I don't know if you got to see on my website, uh, there's a video where Miss Della comes to D.C. to go to the White House. But Mm. she doesn't really realize that she's going to be sitting next to the Obamas. Mm. So we're videotaping doing hair and makeup. And she's like, well, what do I need hair and makeup for? I said, Miss Della, you're going to be like with. The Obamas tonight, and she said, I- I- "I'm gonna throw up." <laughs> she said, I- I- "What did you and Ray do?" Uh-huh. And just to see her, she's still alive. She's, I think, almost eighty-seven, eighty-eight, and she lives in L.A., the L.A. area. And she's just wonderful and just so down to earth. And she said, "I thought that train had already passed." Mm, so she mm, just was mm, so delighted mm, to be honored because she was famous before Ray Charles, mm, the father, was. Mm, Mm. She was a famous singer out of Texas and people didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. So I felt the full circle. She sure, her sure, due. sure, sure. And so to bring again that joy yeah, unbeknownst yeah. to someone and then to be there with the Obamas at the last tribute, which had a bevy of everyone performing Ray Charles right. classic. There hasn't there, there have been any musical tributes since since January since November 2016. Not that I know. I don't know. Not that I know. But it's had, still. <laughs> well, well, hopefully in 2020 we'll have, we'll have them. Can you listen to the Tom Ficklin Show? And Lisa and Kenoki is here with us with two guests, and I'm going to bring you in uh, right now. But when you mentioned, Lisa, living your dreams and in, in life coaching, sometimes your dreams can have a, a an, an aspect of, of nightmare to them as well. And just when you're talking about Della, it just seems to me that you, you kind of resurrect the good and the good there, there's there's pathos and drama in, in in dreams, but you also kind of bring that bring that to life and kind of put a a nice a way of of, of embracing mm-hmm. the the struggle and, and this and whether you even even if if it's if, if it's a, a struggle that's not necessarily a, the best outcome, just to be involved and to be to be engaged and to recognize that that life has 
it has tensions, but you, but if you could keep the faith and pursue, you know, it might, might be, might be a good thing with, with a good life coach. Right. <laughs> with a good life coach. Who, who, who do we have here on, on, on your, on your left? We, we actually have my cousin, Pat Douglas, who's a teacher, phenomenal uh-huh. teacher in the West Hartford school system. Okay. Um, at St. Bridget, I think it is. St. Right? Bridget, St. Augustine. Yes. All right. And so he's, and you dragged him in. I, I dragged him you in. Well, or today, is part he, of your posse, he's, he's on vacation uh-huh. this week. All but right. one of the things is, uh, as I always encourage, you want to kind of expand his horizons, see yes. other opportunities. Yes, yes. And yes. I always believe that, you know, people always say, well, when you're doing radio or TV, what's that like? Indeed. You, you can't always Indeed. imagine that everybody can see or has had that opportunity. Yes. So I'm always down to kind of share it and let people think sometimes they don't even think about this as a possibility or avenue to do things. Absolutely, so absolutely. I just always feel the more you can expose and share with people, that's true. It might spark something, spark another absolutely, idea absolutely. in them. You know, I'm so, so glad cause, cause, uh, uh, you know, life is about this journey. So tell us a little bit about, about, about yourself. Uh, well, I'm a 2002 graduate of Endicott college up in Beverly mass. Where mm-hmm. I majored in communications. Um, as Lisa said, um, I've been a teacher at St. Bridget, first St. Bridget, and now it's St. Bridget St. Augustine. Um, I've been a teacher for 14 years, uh, focusing on, uh, first it was uh, middle school, and then I stepped away, went to physical education for three years, uh, moved to Florida for a year, and focused on uh, middle school PE. And then when an opportunity arose for my oldest um, my oldest son, who's a special needs kid, mm-hmm. um, an opportunity arose um, back here in Connecticut. So uh, we packed up shop, moved back up here, and I went back to basically where it all started. They needed a fifth grade teacher. And Tremendous. I hadn't taught that low before, but mm-hmm. it, in the two years that I've been teaching fifth grade, it's been a phenomenal experience. Is, is it English or history or combined? or? Um, in fifth grade, it's a little bit of everything. Okay. Um, so- the only thing that I don't do is reading um, my fourth grade partner um, teaches my class and then her class comes to me for uh, math good good well, we, we might have to have you back we will have you back as well well i told them the yeah. demand for male yeah. teachers the demand for yeah. in particular minority male teachers is so key that's right that you know in addition to his other interests i told him it's something that we need to cultivate and embrace you know teaching doesn't always my mom was a teacher so it mm-hmm. doesn't always mm-hmm. get you know, the fanfare, but again, and, you know, shout out to the teachers who've been kind of making sure they get more money. Yes. But yes, uh, yes, again, I think yes. it's important to, again, share information and not underestimate the, the possibilities and the reach of all the people that he can talk to. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So, so much research on, on the importance of the, the black male t- teacher role uh, model. And have you been reading these reports coming out of the New York well, Times and other things? It's like scary yes, to me in terms of. It's and it's scary, and it's not that it's new. It's no. not that it's news, but the fact it's that the people did, the there's, a, there's a collective consciousness that right. recognizes that. That's really the when we see these tipping these. I won't say fashionable, but these tipping points of of, of currency. Right. Really, we all need to jump on board and kind of promote 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 what, well, we, even, what needs to happen. Even with Sean Dev and what he's doing with the black young men and boys and and. In fatherhood, which I'm, you know, is a, is a big thing for me. Let's talk a little bit about fatherhood, because again, before it became the, uh, uh, well, it's been the buzzword since Adam and Eve in a way, <laughs> but, 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 that, but that'll take us down a different road. Yes, but but you've involved with with the dads thing for it. Share share a little tidbits, and again, you're listening to Tom Ficklin's show, and Lisa's going to come back, so we're going to we're going quickly, and there's four or five other points we want to mention, but I just want to give you a little flavor for some of the things she's been involved with for 
for a few decades. Yes. Well, fatherhood <laughs> has always been important. My dad, as I, I spoke about, um, was a professor, but abandoned my brother and I when we were very young. And he went back to teach at the University of Dar es Salaam and came to teach at UPenn and hmm. was very famous in terms of his research. But that didn't help in terms of the void mm. uh, for myself in particular. My brother, um, he also, you know, would translate at Voice of America in D.C. But again, all these things, that he, all these accomplishments don't make mm. up for the missing component mm. of fathers mm. in your mm. life. And I chose to take a different path about uh, with my own children and their fathers to make sure that I try to keep them connected in their life. And I speak about the importance of what happens when you diminish the value of a father. Yes. Um, I saw something the other day on, on Steve Harvey was interesting when uh, one of the young ladies who was giving a comment said, you know, well, my mom tells me everything about my dad, all the bad things about my dad. Mm. And I said, you know, and Steve Harvey, I'm so glad, said, you know, that's not really your place. Mm. The relationship that you had with your dad doesn't necessarily mm. mirror the relationship the child has with mm -hmm. the dad. Mm -hmm. And it's easy for them to figure it out themselves. You don't have to necessarily tell them everything bad about their father, because at one point you thought it was good. That's right. And I always right. tell my That's kids, right. it takes right. two great people to make, if you think your child's great, you have to encourage them and let them know that two great people made you mm. at one point. You might not agree with whatever that person's mm -hmm. doing. You might not like it. We all can reflect later in life. But at the end of the day, we all want our kids to feel that they're important. Yes. And yes. if you if they feel important, you can't only say half of them is important. You <laughs> have to embrace point. the good fact point. that good all point. of them is important. And you have to try and find the best in whatever that other mate was at that mm -hmm. time, mm -hmm. even if even if they might not be what you think they should be. Mm. And you it, have yes. to help the child see that they themselves came from something that you saw that was good in that person. And so, you know, I, I started the dads to make a difference out of disappointment. Literally mm. my son's father didn't show up at his baseball game one day and I wanted to make it the hippest, coolest thing to do to make it the fad that everybody would kind of had that peer pressure. You want to be the Michael Jordan yes. of the game. You want to be, you know, that person that's there. It doesn't have to be something that's so, um, you know, like, for example, we all look for Mother's Day. It's a big deal. Indeed. Father's Day get lost between graduations, it does, it does. summer, school getting out, and, you know, whatever else we're trying to do. And, and you had the combination with Tate George, or was it? Tate George at the time. Actually, uh, he didn't have his dad, Tate and Eric George. I love mm -hmm. Eric, too, his brother. Okay. Um, so they they became like father figures, not only to myself, but to, to my kids. Um, and they were positive Black yes. males, which, you know, but people you, seem to think you didn't have it. it. It's, well, I went to, to Congress. Us, I went yeah, to speak yeah, in front us, of Congress. Tell us, and, tell us, tell us. Let's, let's hear it. <laughs> went to speak in front of Congress mm -hmm. and basically um, was the Cardin Johnson Fatherhood Counts Act of 1999. So this mm -hmm. is going back. Yes. In the state of Connecticut was the one of the first to have a press conference with then Governor John Rowland mm -hmm. and then Governor, then Lieutenant Governor Jody Rell and the Hartford Whaler. So that tells you how long ago See? it was. See? that we introduced and and uh, coach Jim Calhoun See? because See? the other slogan was not just dads do make a difference. Dads and coaches make a difference. Mm. Mm. If your dad's not doing find a positive coach See? that will. See? And if okay. people want to find, find out more about you, Lisa, cause we're teasing them 
not not necessarily to kind of leave you leave you hanging it but when by the time that the show ends but we're moving quickly so moving over so many thoughts they want to reach out to you or, or find out more about you they can go to your website yes lisa and that's lisa n-k-o-n-o-k-i.com and also the testimony in front of congress is is on the uh, house ways and means mm-hmm. uh website from back it was in 1999 i believe and was was george foster involved also with the dance george foster has always been involved another uh, dear dear friend For, of mine former, former major league former baseball player and uh um, yeah, I just talked to George the other day. He actually has been a strong father for his two girls. Mm-hmm. And actually, we do a go to bat for baseball here in New Haven in the community, trying mm-hmm. to be bring out fathers <laughs> to do baseball with their kids. Um, we've kind of done a barnstorming to try and, again, talk about wellness and physical fitness long before this whole wellness yes. thing. I was working with the Connecticut Health Foundation out the gate when mm-hmm. they first started. Mm-hmm. And George would always talk about you know, wellness yes. and, and keeping yourself together, being physically active. So these are things that have kind of been in my wheelhouse long before they became in vogue. The other person that uh, you might not know of went to Grace Williams, mm. uh, daughter of Montel Williams. Mm-hmm. We went to Congress to talk about healthy school lunches pre uh, Mrs. Obama. We mm. did the, mm. the mm. changing mm. of the, the healthy school lunches mm-hmm in schools and got petitions across the the country and she did things with uh, uh, Alex Felix and uh, John Sally and the uh, physicians for responsible committee in medicine out of DC. So we've been doing lots of things and we're doing some things with Montel the second who actually is a UFC fighter. He has a fight fight Uh coming up in Oregon Mm -hmm. on April 21st. But also Montel's always been into healthy eating and he's yes. also going to try and do some speaking around the country about just be happy, smiling, Important, the effects yes. of health, yes, but yes. also the effects of eating healthy sure. as well. Live your dreams, life coaching. Live, Live your, your dreams. dreams, life coaching. Yes. Lisa Kanoki is with us. Lisa, you're moving. You're, you, I mean, you're, you've been in Hollywood before with, with Norman Lear and you've been in, I won't even say you've been in Hollywood maybe physically 50 times i've only been to hollywood twice how many times you guys but anyway we won't we won't go there you know we won't i won't throw any shade i'm sure what the the kids will say but you have something some new things happening in in hollywood in terms of new productions and movies and uh, tv and and uh, scooter Braun and expanding expanding into uh back into some television and movies and have a couple projects i'm working on uh now one of the life and times of roosevelt green um, we did the thing with Montel Williams II and Winter Grace and Logan West, um, Race Across America, which you helped me with that day when we were doing the uh, protests mm-hmm. outside the about changing the Calhoun building name. And we did that also at the Greenwich Teen Center with uh, Kyle over at Art Street in, in Greenwich, trying to just, again, deal with the consciousness of having conversations, not necessarily attacking people's opinions or their views, Mm -hmm. but having conversations. We don't necessarily know who our neighbors are. We Mm. don't get the chance Mm. to know who our neighbors are. And so we're kind of shocked with everything that's going on in the world today with our current president. And and we shouldn't be shocked. It just shows just how disconnected maybe how we're in so insular in our own worlds. That's everybody. It doesn't matter, black, white, Latino, Asian. We're in our own pockets and we don't necessarily have the pulse on what else is happening. I mean, I'm a ferocious reader in terms of news. I'm a news junkie for mm-hmm. sure. 
And I don't think we really have tuned in as much to what other people are feeling and thinking. We've been Good more point. tuned in to what is on our radar. And, you know, because I work with a lot of high-end clients and high-end folks, and from one end of the spectrum right. to another, I don't ever lose touch with what's really going on. So is it a mini-doc? Is it Netflix? Is it some videos? What's, what's... Um, there's a, there's a, a couple, you know. A, tease us, a, a tease doc. us, come on. There's just... a doc, and then also there's going to be one in terms of just um, my, my project with Scooter Braun and, and uh, uh, James over at uh, Scooter Braun, uh, the SB Projects. I'm very excited. They want to kind of create something based on what I've already done as a life coach, uh-huh. kind of how I've kind See? of helped to go in and is kind that, of gentlemen, is that solve some, of, uh, to know about? some, uh, some high end issues yeah. and high end problems, a little, uh, a little scandal draped in with a little of, uh, it's, uh it's, some other folks. No, and, I, and I, and I realize that you're, you might be a little hesitant to be, give us a lot of specifics, but I'm glad you've just shared what you have thus far, because I think, in my own personal opinion, we, regardless of your political ideology or religious ideology, I think we realize we may be as a as a civilization at a precipice of destruction. Right. I mean, for for a variety of reasons, whether it's global warming or just uh, well, I think we have to get involved. I think so, the biggest problem so is we your, can squawk yeah, and mm-hmm. complain, but are we getting involved? Yeah. I mean, I go to many political fundraisers on both sides, and I can tell you the representation uh, from people that don't look like me. Uh, is always strong and representation for people who look like me is usually very little. Mm-hmm. And that, and I know for sure that we have an interest. I think sometimes right. we think someone else might take that, you know, that helm or be in the room. So I'm always conscious to at least be in the room, mm-hmm. show up. And I also think we need to bring more young people on board, which is yeah. why I've actually hosted quite a few fundraisers myself. Um, I think the last one I actually did was for Senator Cory Booker, who mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think we just have to be part of the political pro- process. And I'm on a campaign uh, called the 2044 campaign to make sure there are more minorities that are working on Capitol Hill. And 2044, that, the you, goal uh, is 2044 time, to make sure frame. that you have uh, enough people in the pipeline mm-hmm. true, to be able true, to work. true in various uh, levels of government. Mm-hmm. And if we don't start kind of building that, uh, you know, that, that yeah. foundation yeah. now, and uh, Senator Booker is one of the, the chairs Excellent. of that, that Excellent. campaign. Excellent. Uh, economic, educa- economic, educational empowerment, financial probability, Fairfield County. There's something kicking in there that you're involved with. Uh, it's something that I want to do. I, people always ask me to speak about, and I yes. and I think that it's important. Again, um, whether you're of means or of menial menial means, that the idea is that we have to. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to, at some level, usually to aspire to have mm-hmm, more mm-hmm, money. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're always looking for the big picture, and sometimes we could start very small. I always tell people if you're smoking cigarettes or drinking coffee every day, if we add up those little mm. things or mm. drink eating potato chips and soda, which my <laughs> grandkids will tell you that I do all the time, uh-huh. just little things. If you're doing a hundred dollars a week and kind of putting some things to the side, we just aren't thinking about if we put the amount that you're putting into cigarettes or soda in a year, most of us, especially in urban communities, don't even usually have that much in savings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we have to really Good kind point. of, again, look at how we can be part of, the 
lucrative process that yes. so many people have have uh, been a part of. So is I there mean, a project or endeavor, I'm actually going to do some webinars, but I actually want to do some speaking about it in perfect, terms of just perfect, basic, perfect, basic perfect, things. People perfect, ask for, you know, perfect. how do I get to this place? How do I get to where you've been or where you went? Or mm-hmm. how do I get to stay at ABC? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it's not about always having the best. It's about sometimes being able to, Look at how you can get the same thing at a fraction of the cost Mm. or how maybe being in that particular place, that location can afford you access to meeting a variety of other business contacts that you want for your business. So it's just kind of looking at things from a different spectrum. Good. And just as you say that, if we can kind of, if we can jump back, this might be because we've been going back and forth and kind of Sankofa time, past, present and future, but Norman Lear. Mm-hmm. I guess when you were talking, my mind went to, how, how did you meet Norman Lear? How did that develop? Well, actually, I met Norman Lear when I was 17, actually. It was, I was going to get in trouble that day. My uh-huh. mom told me. You knew you were going to get in trouble. I was t- going to get in trouble. My mom told uh-huh. me, do not use my car to go see Norman Lear. But he was in town to see his sister, Claire Lear Brown, who was a very good family friend. My mom had been music teacher to her so children. So you were a rebellious child then? I, I wasn't, but that day I decided oh, oh, I day, had to. That day, you, that that day, day I had you, to. You were politically, you were I politi- had to. You, you had to. Well, you know what? Again, it's about perception. I had known that he had done this very famous, you know, he'd done All in the Family and, and Maude at the time and Good Times, of which I adored seeing, and the Jeffersons, I adored seeing people that looked like me on TV. Mm-hmm. I was fascinated with that. But I also thought in my mind, why was, you know, probably this very wealthy guy leaving his family in Newington, Connecticut at the time. And, you know, so I had this perception of who I thought he was. Mm -hmm. And my mom was having a conference on families that day in New Britain and had invited him to speak. And I had heard that they had told her that he wouldn't be around. So he wouldn't be able to be at her program. Mm -hmm. Well, when my mom tells me that morning that he's in town to receive an honorary doctorate at the University of Hartford, and she's still doing this conference on families. And I said, well, Jesus, staff told you he wouldn't be around. So I wanted to kind of confront him and ask him, you know, Sounds why, like to me. Yeah. <laughs> why <laughs> he day. would do that. So, uh, I'm, you know, strangely or not, I walked in. I was the youngest person in the room. 17. And I asked him, it was May 17th, 1980. And I asked him why, if he would be available. Yeah. Because his staff had said he wouldn't. Right. And he said, sure, let's go. So I'm looking around thinking. So the staff was the gatekeeper then? Well, or, I didn't know what it was. But, but, All I know is that I thought I was going to say something. I don't think I expected his response to Indeed. be yes. He, yes. And Indeed. then I think, okay, where's his limousine? He's going to get in his limousine. Because remember, I wasn't supposed to drive my car, my mom's car there. So when he comes your out of the building, your cover was blown. he's like, okay, so where's your car? And I'm like, my car? <laughs> I had just got my license. Uh-huh. I'm thinking this major Hollywood producer is going to get in the car with me. Yeah. And he got in the car with me and I'm really freaking out. Indeed. And we go to South Church in New Britain Mm -hmm. and get out. And all I'm thinking is my mother's going to kill me. I'm not thinking about the positives that I got (laughs) Norman Lear there, but I'm thinking, oh, my God. The nightmares of the dreams. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) And I remember walking in with him and my mother looking over and seeing him. And um, because we didn't have cell phones at the time. Yes, indeed. So there was no way to say, hey, guess who I'm coming with? And I remember my mother doubling over like, oh, my God, what did she do? And then Norman Lear went on to speak and the rest of, you know, I broke up his little posse that we had at his sister's and they came. And from there on the way home, he drove back home with me to um, his sister's. And I remember thinking, I'm going to ask him every question 
the ultimate question is I want to work in Hollywood. But at that time, one of the things that I do talk about is that, you know, I asked him, what should I be doing? What should I be looking at? He said, someday, young lady, there will be more than 500 stations Mm. on Mm. cable. Mm. I thought this sounds like the Jetsons. This Mm -hmm. sounds so far fetched. Cable TV had just started. So it just sounded way off the mark. Indeed. And he said, you need to have programming. You need to be able to develop programming. But again, for me at that time, it seems so out of bounds. Yes. But look at where we are today with yes. cable TV and more than 500 stations. Yes. So yes. developing content and programming, something very basic that he told me back in 1980, almost 40 years ago, uh, is what I'm yeah, so, working so, on so now. Being in touch with your purpose and your and your passion. Yeah. So so tease us a little bit more. I mean, he didn't kick you to the curb. No, I actually went to to work in in Hollywood with him. And and a funny story, true story that I just actually came across was The Wrinkle in Time Mm. was something that was kind of incubated after the writer. But Catherine Hand, if you know that Mm. name, Catherine Hand is one of the ones that got that movie made and wanted that movie made from something in her own childhood. Mm -hmm. Catherine Hand happened to be the executive assistant for Norman Lear my first day in Hollywood. And I read that. And I said, oh, my God, I know that name, Catherine. And when I was looking at the credits and go, you know, went to, to read and Norman had actually put an option on on the wrinkle in time because of Catherine Hand. So it's just interesting. But he's still, you know, kicking and doing yes, yes. doing TV and and uh, he's 95 and amen and doing really well. And I actually had his son, Ben Lear, here mm, last yes, year. Yes, did, they yes. call us monsters of which I wanted to help to promote the the injustice in the judicial system. And we did that along with our uh, Justice uh, Louis, with Lou, Louis, Louis, Louis Harper, Harper mm-hmm. here and introduced it here in schools here in New Haven, mm-hmm. as well as the University of New you're, Haven. You're Wilbur Cross as well as UNH. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And then also at the University of Hartford. Tremendous. And again, it's important that I don't think we're thinking of what happens to younger people when they end up incarcerated and sometimes the injustice that happens when we're just kind of putting everybody in a box and not looking at individual situations or looking at what the development, lack of development or lack of guidance or lack of support or lack of programs, you know, for people in that situation. So it's very important for me to also uh, help Ben in his quest. Yes, the movie yes. is phenomenal. Yes. Um, and he was very is gracious to come Netflix and speak. Yeah, I think it, it's on TV? Netflix. I think they have it on PBS. They've, they've had it Give everywhere. us the name again. They call us monsters. They call us monsters. Yes. Good. I, I know, Benjamin I know the Lear. Law, yeah, the law, the law school has shown it. Uh, you're listening to the Tom Ficklin Show, and Lisa Inconoki is with us. And Lisa's coming back. She's promised. Little Miss Black Connecticut in something in Fairfield County, and there's a... Uh, anniversary or something? Well, I had started this years ago and actually a couple weeks ago, shout out to uh, um, some folks who won the the 100 uh, Women of Color Award, including my mother a few weeks ago. June Archer's event. June Archer's event. We love June. Um, India D. Cordova, Lamanda Williams, and so many others, and India D. Cordova in particular, I saw, and she was screaming. She got the award a few <laughs> weeks ago. She saw me in the ladies' room, and she started screaming, oh, my God, it's because of you that I'm here. You were my mentor at eight years old. You know, she went to Hollywood. She won the pageant mm-hmm. that I did 
Little Miss Black Central Connecticut pageant years ago, and now she's actually mentoring and starting a program for young girls. So the idea is to try and get these girls together after almost 40 years, kind of share again where they've been. Mm -hmm. You have Lamanda's on Heart and Soul on uh, Sirius Radio. She's on WBLS. um, and, And just doing some... A so lot this, of the girls are doing some great fall? things. This, yes, this, looking to do it in the next couple of months. Okay. And then actually have an actual pageant revisited. Because at oh, that pageant, my. a lot of people don't remember, Bobby Brown's first solo when he left New Edition was coming to my pageant in Stanford. You had Carl Payne, who was you know, on the Cosby Show and some other things. You had Cheryl Lee Ralph, who was starring in Dreamgirls at the time, the original Dreamgirls on mm. Broadway. Mm. Uh, so there were so many different celebrities and folks that we brought together right here in this community and then would send girls on to Hollywood to go see boy, the Norman boy, Lears boy, and the folks see, of the world. Boy. And so, and people can find out about that. It'll be on your website, I presume. It'll be on the website when we do get that together. So I'm going to actually be doing some more talent development because that's really kind of started when I worked with one of my clients mm-hmm. and did the album. Sounds All like Heart. you've been doing talent development for the last well, yeah, forever. <laughs> but but, but you know. yeah, no, it's but no, going back into yes. that in terms of casting, my son who did lots of modeling as a okay. kid, and okay. uh, my daughter, I'm going to try and do something with my grandkids now and and uh, get them into. Uh, the family business in terms of doing some of the casting Excellent. and talent Excellent. development. Excellent. And, uh, as, as we kind of wind down, salute to Bob Cohen. Bob Cohen uh, recently passed away. Uh, people don't know Bob Cohen was the founder and the originator of Beauty Enterprises uh, in Hartford, Connecticut, the world's largest distributor of black hair care. Mm. Mm. But most people don't know this Jewish man loved black women, but mm. actually found a niche, mm-hmm. you know, People don't remember back in the 70s when you couldn't get black hair care, other difficult hair, coarse hair, you couldn't get products without going into usually big urban centers. Bob Cohen got Beauty Enterprises and the products put into Zare. At that time it was Zare, Mm -hmm, then it was mm -hmm, Ames, then mm -hmm, it was Kmart and, mm -hmm. and Target. I mean, now today, CVS, we can find hair care things all over this world, almost anywhere, but Bob Cohen was the visionary, the visionary, and when I was eight, I think nine years can, old, I think, he as had, think as you're talking, people can maybe see the trucks. Like, yes, I, I can see the. Well, truck it's all now. over yeah. the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. they have the Kuza brand that's mm-hmm. actually in you know their own private label brand that's in Africa. That's all over the world, and what people didn't realize is that even you know I realized he had a little shack in Hartford on Ledyard Street. <laughs> And I would go in there as a little girl and say, I want to do this pageant or mm-hmm. I'm writing an article. And he would sponsor me. He gave me a permanent discount for my whole life. <laughs> and he would sponsor me, whether it was giving bags of goodies or things mm-hmm. to the young ladies. And they actually just called me recently, mm. Rocky, um, who's taken over uh, for Bob, who's been there for 40 some years. He actually called me and said, hey, we'd like you to get involved with a couple of things that we're working on empowering young women and that's kind of i said you know what is what's so important is someone like a bob cohen or norman lear or richard gordon people who maybe didn't know me but just Mm -hmm. took the time to listen Mm -hmm. and to encourage me and to inspire me which is what i hope i do for a lot of other people yes yes. because a young person hearing someone who's owning this big mega brand saying yeah i'll sponsor you i'll help you with some dollars and try and help you with your mission is so important to not only small businesses, but just the self-esteem of a young girl like myself. It's so someone like Bob Cohen who always had his door open 
for all these years at Beauty Enterprises. Yes, I mean, you're yes, talking about yes. over 40, 50 years that I've See. known this man. So he just recently passed away. But one of the things that I want people to know is that it was a niche. I know sometimes there'd be controversy over, well, you have this Jewish guy doing Indeed. things with black hair. Indeed. And I said, listen, somebody had to do mm -hmm. it. It's the fact that we had access. Yes. And if, yes. if it took that man to break down the doors for us to have access, then I'm more than grateful and thankful mm -hmm. and would like to continue his name and his legacy because he passed the company on to the, yes. the, the people that worked for him all good, these years. Good, good, so good, Beauty good, Enterprises, good. just remember that. Excellent, and, uh, excellent. I want to give a shout out to, I didn't say, we didn't say Push. Ramon. Hey, Ramon. Garcia over here, who, who happens to be a, a dad, happens to be my grandson's dad, right. and he's the dad of two. And, you know, he's gone through his ups and downs mm -hmm. and and recently back out here and, and just want to give support and love to fathers, but also to encouraging. Because one of the things really I think if you don't yes. show and expose people to something different, it, you know, if you always think the way you always got, mm -hmm. you always get what you always got. Mm -hmm. So you mm -hmm. have to kind of expose and help people go in different directions or give them some different ideas. So. Say shout out. And, and Ramon, we have about three more minutes, but we're going to get you back on. Ramon, where do you, I know you don't have the mic, but where do you live? Just tell me again. In New Britain. So you live in the state. We'll have you back on the show. I know Scott X, NAACP, and others are having an event at the uh, at Hill House High School later later part of this month on uh, returning citizens and, and just the issues there. And, and in some way, we all are in, incarcerated and domesticated. And how do we find our liberation, freedom, in spite of what you think you're your freedom might might be it might be too limited. You might have to expand. And well, one of the things too mm -hmm. that I love about Ramon that he always does is gets a library card. He mm -hmm. still loves a book, Good. which people I think, especially for our young men, I know for my grandson, for sure. I want to see more reading from our young mm -hmm. boys of of color because I think it's just so key uh, all of us sure. to read, no no matter and, what and our and age. Your, your fifth graders, and of course, ourselves. Oh, yeah. yeah, Lisa, we're, we're winding down and again. You, Lisa, Lisa, people can kind of find you and reach you through. Through your, your website? Yes, Lisa and Kenoki.com, or they can always find me through you, Tom, because you're you're everywhere. So Tom Picklin <laughs> Media. <laughs> Moving right along. Dory. We have like yes. 90 minutes for Dory. Okay. And 90 she, seconds. So yeah, Dory I'm, I'm sorry. Smiling, 90 seconds. Yeah, Smiling Blindly is a book that I encourage you all to go on Kindle and Amazon to get Smiling Blindly. It's about uh, the story of Story by Hightower and her now ex-husband, Dennis Hightower, who used to be the president of Disney mm. and also used to be in the uh, Obama. President Obama administration mm. as the deputy secretary of commerce. Interesting twists, uh, twists and turns. It's at, uh, uh, how can I say it? It's espionage. It's interesting. It's uh, sexy. It's not funny always. Um, I happened to, to not realize I was going to actually be a part of the book, even mm. though I introduced them to each other. Um, but uh, one of the things, it's a cautionary tale where I pretty much, when I saw things, I said something to mm -hmm. Dory. And sometimes as women, you know, affairs of the heart, we don't always mm. listen. Mm. But uh, in the end, uh, you know, uh, we we were apart for a while and then we came back together and in support of each other, because I think that's another strong message that sometimes yes. as women, yes. we don't always yes. stick together yes. and support yes. each other yes. as yes. men do sometimes. So we yes. need to be more conscious yes. of yes. if you're saying something, maybe it's for a right reason and not necessarily for a selfish reason. Live your dreams, life coaching. Lisa, thank you so much for, for, for being with us. Thank it's it's you, been a Tom. pleasure. And thank you for being here and, and keeping the information going and the word out and your beautiful pictures and kind of sharing us all, keeping us all connected. Well, 
I, I appreciate that. I'll, I'll take my nap now after, <laughs> once, once the show is over. <laughs> but but yeah, it, we all are kind of trying to do, our, do what we can do and to help to spread kind of what this means about to be human on the planet at this point in time. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back next Monday. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, guys. And, and uh, have a great week. Now you gon' face the door you waiting for I said from night to dawn I write my wrongs alone In competition with warnings Ice galore Now I'm running toward them I like to finish being a quitter But little, little by little They joking, telling some riddles Now I'm in my section Ain't willing to give up Though you getting knocked down But you gotta get up I'm never gon' give up, give up Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up hey. Cause this is my road Let's camera action Never gonna give up, give up, fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, hey.